All right, everybody, John here, back once again to talk to you about some of the trending articles in the crypto news space for today. Uh, as always, there's going to be a link or links to the articles down in the description where you can check everything out so you can read these news articles for yourself and come up to your own conclusions because that's the most important part of things. As always, thanks to all those who have subscribed. really do appreciate it. Let's me know how I'm doing. But hey, uh, let's get into things. So first article up is talking about Filecoin, which for those of you who don't know is a blockchain decentralized storage project. It's officially launching its testnet space race to uh, test out the network before we hit the main net and go live with launch. As they have previously promised, Filecoin will start this testnet launching competition. It encourages global miners for the next three weeks to to compete for up to four million Filecoin in prizes. That's a nice chunk of change for them. They're definitely pulling out all the stops for this, but the idea is to onboard as much storage space to the network as possible. Uh, for the top 100 miners globally and the top 50 miners from each continent, <laughs> I wonder if one person mines in Antarctica if they get the chunk. Uh, they will use the earned Filecoin rewards to jump start their main net mining efforts. So basically, um, you guys do all this and we'll help you out so that way you continue to do these things for us. Not a bad uh, proposal, quite honestly. Uh, in addition to this onboard storage capacity competition, the largest 20 block reward winners will split a prize of an additional 100,000 FIL proportionally based on how much block reward they won. I mean, that's not too bad. Filecoin's project raised a quarter of a billion or 257 million during its ICO back in good old 2017 when that was still legal to do. Uh, and they've been prepping ever since. So, man, they've been in development for a while. It's kind of interesting to see they uh, coming back up. I'll be completely honest. I remember when they dropped this, being able to store things decentralized on the blockchain seemed like a good idea at the time. I rather liked it, and then it dropped off the face of the earth, for me at least. Um, and I assumed it had collapsed along with the rest, so I'm glad to see that they're still around, they're still kicking, and they're pushing forward for their main net. It's a... Uh, it's good news for them. I'm interested to see how uh, people win this $4 million worth of Filecoin. It's going to be pretty nice for those of them who do. But hey, that would be number one. Let's hop on over to number two. Talk about Bitstamp for a minute. Uh, just so you know, Bitstamp is one of the world's oldest cryptocurrency exchanges. It's fairly large, too. Uh, it's been based out of Britain for the past, well, eight years, getting close on a decade. And it looks like they're going to be leaving the United Kingdom for Luxembourg. Uh, Bitstamp said that the account migration will not affect services and will not require any action from its users. So, hey, we're letting you know we're doing this, but uh, you're not going to have to do anything about it. Okay. Uh, so, they're doing this in order to comply with our regulatory requirements and improve our operational efficiency. We are migrating the accounts of our customers from Bitstamp Limited to Bitstamp Europe SA, our business entity based in Luxembourg. Now, they haven't really released a full-on public statement regarding it, but there's some conclusions that can be drawn. Uh, a lot of people think it's related to Brexit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the United Kingdom voted by a very narrow margin to 
officially withdraw from the European Union, which is a financial um, partnership. Uh, the closest analogy for us Americans, it would be more like a confederacy. You know, like uh, that thing that we had for about four years back in the 1860s and actually the, the I believe, almost five to ten years after the founding of uh, the ind our independence from Britain. We were a confederacy before becoming a true union. But basically they share a monetary system and there is an overarching government, but they do not have very strong control. The remaining countries are pretty much able to do whatever they want. And Britain voted to leave and they were allowed to leave voluntarily. So that happened, I wanna say they voted on it originally back in 2016, um, but they only officially withdrew from the European Union on February the 1st of 2020. Extracting a country from something like that is quite a uh, effort. So officials have been actively negotiating an agreement to facilitate trade operations between the UK and EU. On August 21st, major EU Brexit negotiator Michael Barnier, or I'm assuming he's French, uh, warned that a post-Brexit deal between the EU and UK looks unlikely, accusing the government of wasting valuable time. Uh, yeah, Britain's government has been a bit of a mess over Brexit. They've had a couple different prime ministers and all types of other fun parliamentary shenanigans, especially with the fact that, well, overall the United Kingdom voted to leave. Scotland overwhelmingly wanted to stay, and then there's how to deal with Ireland and North Ireland. It's a whole big thing. So it looks like Bitstamp is responding to these pressures and being like, look, if we stay here in Britain, eventually we're going to be subject to a lot of other fees and tariffs that we won't have in the larger EU. So they're making the best move for their business. So good on them. Uh, but it is sad to see them go. And I'm sorry that Brexit is what caused it. Um, uh, Brexit was supposed to be England's hope for uh, economic revival. And uh, I hope it works out for them. But personally, I don't think it will. But again, that's just my personal opinion. And I'm just some dude in his basement. So calm down. Alrighty, uh, and then let's pop over and talk about XRP and Bitcoin Cash. They're the only two top 10 cryptocurrencies that are still 90% down from their all-time high. Um, XRP's all-time high was around $2, and Bitcoin Cash was around $2,400. So it's interesting to note that with a 32,000% rise, XRP was one of the best performing cryptocurrencies of 2017, so it has quite a bit of fall since then. Uh, Ripple's decentralized token was so hot back then. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, I remember a lot of people urging me to get into it at the time. Again, money. Wish I had that money. Buy that XRP at five cents, write it up to two bucks and sell. Uh, CNBC actually hosted a show to help people buy one of Bitcoin's hottest competitors. Uh, Bitcoin Cash, too, was coming hot out of the gates from the Bitcoin hard fork, and investors were buying up Roger Ver's based coin on his promises because, you know, he's an old, good old Bitcoin Jesus. I haven't heard too much out of him recently. He probably cashed out his bags and is living in a mansion, relaxing. But, yeah, what do I know? So, ex-Ripple founder Jed McCaleb has been dumping XRP on the open market since he left Ripple, and a lot of people are saying that is negatively affecting price. 
Uh, he received 5.3 billion XRP when he left the company and 100 million XRP in September. So he's got a, a lot. Uh, this has caused a very unpleasant sentiment amongst investors. Uh, in response, a significant portion of the community has jumped ship, abandoning all support for XRP. Uh, they're citing recent data showing that around 64% of the Ripple Telegram have left since June of 2018. So they are pretty down um looking at these they he's actually this aztec underscore btc actually has a interesting thing of community capitulation or basically um the number of member loss ripple is down almost 64 percent from june of 2018 they're not even the worst one litecoin's down even farther so monero's down Neo's down, uh, Sia coin. Oh yeah, they're they're down. Ethereum Classic, Stellar Lumens. So Telegram groups are down, and they're using that to argue that that is um, a bearish factor for it. I actually don't agree with it. You know, I downloaded Telegram. I started following all those things, but honestly, most of the stuff in those Telegrams is it's spam. It's just straight up spam. It's people talking back and forth. You hop in, you have no idea what the conversation is. Um, so I can see that a lot of people probably just left because they didn't feel it was getting them the information they thought it would. I don't think it really has anything to do with that. I still follow a couple telegrams, but I really do not use the service. Like I left a lot of rooms because I, was I wasn't reading them. So I was just getting notifications for things I wasn't reading. So I'm assuming that's what a lot of people have done. But apart from XRP's uh, apart from that whole thing, XRP's equivocal status as maybe a security, maybe a not, has also contributed to this. Uh, U.S. Congressman Tom Emmer recently remarked about XRP not being security. Uh, it's not official. Also, online interest in XRP has ceased to exist almost. Data from, da data from Google Trends shows that the search interest in XRP peaked during the assets market's bullish stance from December 17 to January 2018. But after that, it's a lackluster show. Yeah, the graph is like none than a huge, huge skyscraper of just straight up and straight back down with some little waves from then on out, but not anything like it used to be. Um, and then what's wrong with Bitcoin Cash? You know, it hard forked from Bitcoin. Uh, the idea was to improve upon and fulfill the former's, quote, original objective. Uh, just a few numbers of BCH could have been exchanged for a whole Bitcoin at one time, but those days are long, long gone. Gradually, the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem has depreciated in market value as well as overall health. Yassine Elmaraja, crypto asset analyst, tweeted in May about the same. Um, you know, he's saying the hash rate's down 30% since the halving. Uh, economic throughput is at an all-time low. Fees are 0.05% of minor revenue, and theoretical 51% attacks cost 10k an hour. So he's actually pretty surprised we haven't seen a large-scale attack yet. Um, and there's been a lot of back and forth in the community, and it's just, it's not a healthy ecosystem over the last three years. It's become heavily centralized and has not seen any significant development activity nor can it be logically scaled to boost its use cases per adamant capital founder, Tur Demeester. So I agree with Bitcoin Cash. I've never liked it. It was a cheap Bitcoin knockoff designed to cash in on things. 
Um, maybe Roger Ver at one point believed he could upset the market and be the quote unquote true Bitcoin. But no one, in my opinion, Bitcoin is Bitcoin because we all believe it. It's not what any one person says or doesn't say about it. Um, XRP, it still has good use case. It still has long term potential. But the people who thought XRP was going to like run to $10, I never really agreed with that because there's just so many of them. Um, I feel like an XRP that becomes more or less a stable coin, you know, it grows a little bit over time, but it's pretty stable, which is what any financial institution will want. They don't want wise, like wide price swings and wide price fluctuations if they're going to be using it as an intermediary, even if it's a three second transaction time from one side of the world to the other, in those three seconds, it could go up by a quarter percent or down by a quarter percent, and it's just this whole thing. So keeping the coin as stable as possible, honestly, has a good argument for it. Um, and we'll see when stable coins become faster and faster, if XRP can even maintain where it's at. But um, there are two coins that are definitely worth keeping an eye on they're in the top 10 they're probably safe bets for long-term future but they're not two that really excite me personally though hey you could disagree with me and that is absolutely fine and i hope you prove me wrong but i unfortunately don't think you will so uh let's hop on over we're going to keep talking about xrp and ripple only uh in a different sense so uh, Ripple co-founder, he's warning that the U.S. could lose a tech cold war with China, and I 100% agree with him on this. In fact, if you watch this channel regularly, you know I have said multiple times that China is doing crypto right, and the United States is lagging, lagging, lagging behind. So though they are working with uh, MIT to like explore avenues for a U.S. digital dollar, I'm not saying they're not doing nothing, it's just China is doing way more. So... Chris Larson, co-founder and executive chairman of the blockchain-powered remittance network Ripple, has authored an op-ed claiming the United States and China are embroiled in a, quote, technological cold war. According to him, China's dominance in cryptocurrency and finance could be a major front in future battles between the two countries. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Uh, Larson argued that the U.S. dollar's hegemony over global financial systems might lose out in the face of technological advancements in crypto currencies um yeah china is doing their you know central bank digital currency their cbdc or what they're calling the digital currency electronic payment system or the dcep system um, with small retail level transactions in china right now as we speak um for China, this is a once-in-a-century opportunity to wrest away American stewardship of the global financial system, including its ultimate goal of replacing the dollar with a digital yuan. Yawn. Ween. Wan. Mm. According to Larson, the United States is losing its financial hegemony, and this could also become a threat to cryptos, as China could leverage the accumulation of its hashing power to, within its jurisdiction to possibly medical medical, medal, dear lord, with transactions. Uh, it's not hard to imagine a dystopian future, wrote Larson. A U.S. defense payment to an ally could be blocked or reversed. A U.S. company's payments to a Vietnamese manufacturer could be stalled. U.S. banks could have their goals restricted if they run afoul of Chinese policy 
holes. I mean, I don't disagree with him. I don't think it will ever get that bad. The United States will be forced to use a blockchain network that China controls outright. Like, there will always be, you know, stable coins, cryptos, and all those things. Um, as China becomes too large, as any company becomes too large, and they take over too much hashing power, all the other countries are going to shift their funds and their mining power and all that to different cryptos where China has less importance so the world maintain a balance and it definitely will it will maintain that balance one way or another but trials of the DCEP are currently underway in several cities around China and they're expanding them more and more analysts believe that its official launch could rival the impact that Sputnik had on relations between the US and China no that is what spurred the United States to start investing in space and eventually catch up and overtake the Soviet Union, so here's hoping. The United States is woefully behind. U.S. domestic digital payments are still playing catch-up. Cash and debit cards dominate. China, WeChat, and Alipay make up large chunks of the digital payment rule. China is not a huge fan of that monopoly, but uh, they're working on it. So given the dollar's important role, it is essential that the Federal Reserve remain on the frontier of research and policy developments regarding the CBDCs. I totally agree. They need to do something now. They need to start doing things and not just having it tested at MIT. There needs to be research going on around the country. China's blockchain service network is onboarding things. China's had like 80,000 Cryptocurrency companies start, granted, over half of them have failed within the first three years, but that's still way more than the United States is doing. So I really do think they need to get their butts in gear. But that's enough of me being on my soapbox. Let's uh, ooh, stretch, relax, and then hop on over to the next one. All right, so new report is suggesting that $1 million worth of ransom Bitcoin was cashed out on Binance. This comes from a pool of almost $5.7 million that has been stolen by the Ryuk ransomware. Uh, researchers have uncovered evidence that over $1 million worth of this Bitcoin from addresses linked to Ryuk uh, was moved through a wallet on Binance. Uh, $1.064 billion million, sorry, worth of Bitcoin from multiple wallet addresses was bounced through numerous non-connected wallets before eventually finding its way to Binance, where it was cashed out. The Binance wallet has been in use as recently as this month, although the last transaction occurring on August the 22nd, just a day before the Forbes article was published, which this Cointelegraph article pulls from, emptied the entire wallet completely. Dear Lord. Cointelegraph spoke to the Binance security team about the incident, which explained the transactions outlined in the Forbes article occurred over 18 months ago, and the relevant accounts had been tracked and reviewed at the time. Not very well. Uh, furthermore, the fungal nature of most cryptocurrency makes it impossible to know whether a particular token has come from a fraudulent or legitimate source. Once the two have been combined, you can blacklist uh, wallet addresses and kill accounts, but they can always send it to a different address and they can always make more accounts. Uh, getting around KYC is hard but doable. 
Uh, Binance has a number of security systems in place, but using various techniques to identify potentially malicious activities, the system is under constant improvement to ensure the utmost vigilance for such activities while minimizing the risk of false positives. And Bitcoin, or Bitcoin and Binance, you guys know, does collaborate with lawmakers. They uh, rounded up some cryptocurrency scammers in the Ukraine and got like 42 million back or something like crazy like that. So they are working on things. They're playing the good old Sherlock Holmes route here, but unfortunately a million dollars slipped through the cracks on them. It's going to happen. Like as cryptocurrency grows and these scams take place, uh, it's just a modern day snake oil salesman. There's always going to be someone who's going to take your money and leave town. So be very, very, very careful with everything. That's all I really got to say about that. So, uh, IOTA. So the chairman of the IBCS group and member of the IOTA Foundation, Brian Marcel, has published a video about the IOTA tangle and its use cases. Uh, he stated in his announcement that he hoped to introduce IOTA to a range of customers and suppliers. I think they're going to be successful in this. Uh, however, within the new video, Marcel also states that the IOTA Tangle technology is still in a very early phase of adoption. Occurring to his estimation, it will take five years until IOTA is adopted in the mainstream. Uh, and he's quoted as saying, we are currently at the early adopters phase. And I would estimate it will be a good five years before we get to mainstream adoption. Although it is fair to say that a few applications outside the fintech section, such as payments, have gone past the proof of concept stage. So yeah, we're we're doing good and we're we're past this in some areas, but in other areas, we're uh, we're gonna be working on things. So, according to him, consumers in the food and clothing sector increasingly want to know how and where their goods come from. Uh, in this regard, IOTA provides companies with a software platform on which mobile applications can be developed to track the supply chain. Uh, Marcel predicted numerous benefits for the supply chain, such as increased efficiency, reduced payment costs, and reduced inaccuracies in invoicing. Uh, similar to what VeChain is doing, IOTA is doing the same. I'm sure that the industry is more than big enough for two different currencies in the same space. Hell, there's probably five, seven, or eight um, in some various stages of doing this. I know Walton Chain was an early one, though I have not heard much about them in recent times. It'll be interesting to see if they don't start popping back up again. I believe they're still kicking around. But like I said, I haven't really seen or heard from them. But IOTA is still doing their thing, and they're working on it. All right, getting close to the end here. Uh, this article wants to talk about two altcoins built by a mysterious coder. Uh, so a prominent crypto strategist and trader says he's keeping his eye on two low-cap coins. His name is Josh Rager. Sure. Uh, he says he's bullish on new crypto projects, which are both created by a pseudonymous figure known as Bill Drummond. Why does that sound like a familiar name? So one of them is the Tokens of Babel, or TOB. It's an Ethereum-based asset that introduces a new twist to coin burns called rebasing. I believe Ampleforth does rebasing. Anyways, so the idea is to burn... TOB tokens whenever a certain conditions are met while maintaining the holder's share of the total supply. So holders who hold 5% of the supply will always own 5% of the supply, but the number of tokens in circulation is decreased, making it more expensive for new holders to purchase tokens of Babel. Uh, yeah, and then the other one is 
anti-ample, the, the token's unique use case is to see the impact of deflationary forces by constantly destroying coins. If the value of XAMP decreases, the supply of the crypto asset is reduced in an effort to drive the value of the coin. Uh, from a technical perspective, Rager believes that both XAMP and TOB are poised to print new all-time highs. Uh, meanwhile, the crypto trader says he believes Chainlink will regain its footing as long as it can reclaim $16.60. And once it can get there, it's going to continue to move on up. Uh, these are two coins that are interesting. And to me, at first glance, I'm like, well, these seem too good to be true. And whenever I think that to myself, I think, you know, maybe I should hold off. Um, when you think something is, wow, it's amazing. I can't see any downside. I can buy these coins and they're going to go up. Like that's going to burn coins and I'll always hold the same amount of supply. And that's going to destroy things as the value decreases. I just think to myself, wait, they want you to feel this way. They want you to buy in. And that's what drives the price up for those early adopters. The question is, when does that train ride collapse? And when do you not succeed? You know? So, um, yeah, interesting. I'll keep my eye on these coins if I remember, but uh, I'm not rushing out to buy them or anything right now. I'd like to see what other use cases they actually offer besides just making people money. But let's hop on over. Last article today, just a fun one for you. A 24-year-old man is being held in custody after allegedly purchasing ecstasy pills with Bitcoin on the dark web. Drugs started in Germany before being picked up by the authorities in India, so they, it made, they made it pretty far. It took the Narcotics Control Bureau 19 days to identify K. Rahman as the intended recipient of the drugs. They were sent from Frankfurt around the end of July, bearing a false address. Uh, Rahman was due to receive the illegal goods to the foreign post office in Sharamjapet. The parcel itself contained 750 grain brown colored pills which confirmed as ecstasy otherwise known as MDMA. Uh, Rahman on previous occasions had ordered the drugs and received them at the city's FPO before selling them at parties to and amongst youngsters, mostly college students, said an investigating officer. He, he is now held under the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act and is in judicial custody. So yeah, <laughs> not really too much to say about this article. Just a fun little thing like, yeah, people are still buying drugs with Bitcoin. And apparently he's been doing this for a while. I know they shut down the Silk Road, but it looks like they've got some other sites up and running. Uh, stay safe out there, all y'all. And don't be buying anything off the dark web. You're just asking for jail. But hey, that does it for the trending articles today. Let's hop over to CoinMarketCap, give it the old refresh real quick. <clears throat> Hey, we're back in the green after what was a felt like a week of just blah. Bitcoin is up a percent, 11.7. Ethereum's back over 400 bucks, 406, almost 407, up almost four and a half percent on the day. XRP is up 2.7 percent. Chainlink's up three percent. Bitcoin Cash is up 2.5. Litecoin is up. 5%. Bitcoin SV is up 2%. Crypto.com coin is up almost 3%. Binance coin is up 4%. And that's the top 10. They are like going green. Cardano, wah, wah, number 11, up 3% though, but it's still at 12.5 cents after trading at 13 and 14 cents for a good while there. I'm not sure what's going on because Shelly and staking is 
only going live, so um, yeah, it's kind of weird to me, but we will see where things go. It's just a very nice green day, and we needed that after the bloodbath we've had. Eh, Algorand's up 13%, Theta's up 21%, that's not too bad. Anything else crazy going on? Aragon's up 20%. Swipes up 13%. I know it had a massive drop the past couple of days. People were freaking out about it. Sia Coins up 11%. Kasuma's up 10%. And ooh, Just. Good old Just is up 20%. Uh, da, 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 crazy enough. Solana down here, number 100 of the top 100, up 16%. So yeah. Alrighty, well, hey, that'll do it for the day. If you've made it this far, you might as well subscribe. You get to hear my soothing dulcet tones every day. Um, and if you're already subscribed, thanks. Do appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for the day. I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Peace.